Hi, I'm Erica Darvis. Hi, I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. We are two best friends talking hot topics and all of the podcasts that we're totally obsessed with. So come please be our friend on social media. You can find us at Podcast RWD on Instagram and Twitter. And then head over to Facebook and search Podcast Rewind. You can listen to our show wherever you're already listening to your favorite podcasts. Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever that is, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe because we need your stars to keep this show going. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 67, Podcast Rewind with Erica and Amy. We are back on the mic for another hour chit-chat about things we've got questions about. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm thinking it's Friday. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Lemon. It's a long week. I'll get to it in a second, but guys, if I flub a word, lean in. Amy will course correct me. I got your back. Did you say horse correct? (laughs) Have we started already? (laughs) Course correct. (laughs) Also, I feel like my voice is going. I've talked so much at work than I have in the last year. Yeah. And so, guys, by the end... I might sound like my male Snapchat counterpart, Chad. Well, that's sexy. <laughs> uh, I forgot to tell you something before we started that yeah. I'll just I'll tell you now. Please. While we have a captured audience. Indulge. So I was scrolling on Facebook today and the New York Times popped up an article that was like, what's the best city to live in for your generation? It was baby boomers, Gen X, and millennials. Uh-huh. And Orlando was number one on the millennials list. Okay. And number, like, seven on the Gen X list. So we straddled that line. Yeah. Millennials. So we're in, like, I guess that averages out to be the third and a half best place to live. So it was based on, like, economy, but also based on how many people in your generation also live there. So... um, I've got a couple... Big locations in town that are good for that demographic. Yeah, you know, like, Orlando is thought of as, like, a family town. Yeah. But we know from living here that that's, yeah, I mean, there's so many young people that that live here, especially, I think, because of the theme park industry, so they come down here to work. Well, did they also then say, like, in our demographic, how many were straight males that I would want to date? No, they were, <laughs> were the, they not? the stats didn't get broken down so much. I, and funny enough, um, the best places for boomers, too, were, like, Jacksonville, which is oh. funny because I know, like, your family yeah. is there. Some of the worst places for us were, like, Detroit and Miami. And it's like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm good. I didn't want to oh. live there anyway. So I guess we've made excellent life choices. I guess. You. I think I'm going to thank my parents because if they didn't come to Florida first, I think I'd still be in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh was on the bat, on the worst list, actually. Really? Yeah. That's a super family-oriented city. Yeah, like, so like a millennial, what are you going to do? Yeah, working in steel. No, there's really <laughs> not much steel to be worked on there anymore. Um, but the one thing that they do work on there that I know we are also big fans of is drinking. I was going to say, should we cheers <laughs> to having chosen a great city? Yeah. All right, cheers, cheers, my friend. What are you having this week? I am going back to an old favorite that I found a couple weeks on the show from Kona Brewery. They're like Hanalei. Hanalei. Oh, not yodeling. Hanalei Island IPA because it's $6.99 at 7-Eleven for a six-pack. True story. You know what? We went to a beer festival over Mm -hmm. this past weekend. We did. And we had 
um, Kona beer there, and that, like, they just only had their regular beers out. They didn't bring out, like, a special brew or anything. Um, they had a pineapple IPA that I'd never had before that I mm. was all in on. I know Amy's making a face. Amy hates pineapple. No, thank you. No, thank you. But we had one beer from... Oh, yeah, Motorworks. Motorworks in Florida, and it was Pulp Fiction. It was one of the greatest grapefruit beers I've ever had. It absolutely was. It And we even looked it up online, and it was, what was it called? Oh, yeah, Pulp Fiction. You just said yeah. that. It was like a grapefruit IPA, and it was so good, it led us to try their lavender scotch ale, which was garbage. garbage. There were a lot of beers, guys, that Amy would sip and just like, Throw it on the ground. Well, and, and we weren't indoors. <laughs> we, we weren't. We were completely. We were around. in a public park, and which um, makes it better that you were throwing things on the ground in a public park. I only saw what, beer. You know, I gotta yeah. get the ants drunk. I only saw one person walking around without shoes. So oh. sticky feet is on him. Yeah. Um, did you see that um, the guys from What Ails Your Pod are putting on a brew and like music fest over at House of Blues? And I was so like, stoked. guys, and they were like. Get here, come hang out with us. So that's the end of June, and I think we should go. We should and go. I really want to meet those guys and get them on our pod. But so well, guys, we met them. We, we met, met them, them in December. We got to talk to them. More. Yeah, we got to talk to them more. I'm saying it on the pod now, so it happens. Oh yeah, uh, accountable. <laughs> and like yeah. So Amy, speaking of drinking, what are you imbibing? Um. Okay. So I went to Trader Joe's over the weekend, and uh, they moved around their beers. They're what? like over. They're not in that aisle anymore. They're over in the corner by the wines. Okay. And it feels like they've got a lot more. I don't know if it's small breweries or if they are, like, licensing beer from breweries. Like, yeah. it doesn't say Trader Joe's all over the can, but as I told you, this is 100% a chick beer. Yeah. <laughs> the box, it's it's cans, but it comes in this little, like, you know, box, and it's a hot pink and black box. The can is hot pink with, like, all this crazy graphic all over it. It's, I can't see a dude crushing this. But it's called Cacophony Mosaic Pale Ale. Uh, you know, it's Dees. Yeah, I mean, the... Graphics all over it are things that make noises. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's why I was like, does it taste loud? You would, yeah, you would think that it would be like some crazy flavor or something, uh-huh. but it's not. It's just, just a pale. Just a pale Just ale. for chicks. And I've got it in my cat koozie, so I'm really doing me right now. You that's are. basically what I'm saying. You're living your best life. Truly. You're drinking, you're talking about podcasts. For you're, now. You've got your podcasts Until my rights are. By. Yes. Yes. Living my best life for now until all my rights are taken away. But we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, as you guys can see from the title of the show today. But, you know, it wouldn't be a show without we, uh, 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 without me stumbling words, without us talking about the things that we are obsessed with this week. And I'd be like, why are you so obsessed with me? And so I'm going to say I'm obsessed with the brand new job I started yesterday. What's that now? New what? job? New job. I haven't heard anything about it. I know. That's so crazy. I didn't <laughs> tell you while living with you. Um, if you guys follow me on social, you know I announced I got a new job as a project manager. See a software development. Goodbye. Goodbye. Um, back over in a really cool team at um, Disney. And... It's a new role, so trying to figure out what you're doing is always kind of hard while everything's starting to come together, and it's new information, and by the end of the day, your brain is fuzz, yep. and they're always like, do you have any questions? And I'm like, not yet, man. <laughs> like, I'm still processing, but it's been so great. Everyone is nice and happy to be on the team, and like, that's when you know you found like the right spot. Yes, for sure. I'm so happy for you. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate it, but today... 
I found what I think is the coolest way to send an email to your old team asking to be removed from a distribution list. Were you super cunty about it? I was not. Um, I, I love being cunty I, about those You things. do. I picked the right person to respond to. Uh-huh. This guy, Michael, who was a tester on, our, on the previous team I was on, and he had sent out like a recap of testing. And so instead of being like, hey, buddy, I moved teams, like pull me off the list, I just wrote... I would like to be excluded from this narrative. <laughs> One that Taylor. I asked to not be part of since 2009. <laughs> and I got a note from him today that was like, no one has ever crushed that so hard. He's like, that landed so well. I am, he's like, I am so impressed. He was like, now that you've left the team, I'm just finding out you're funny. And I was like, oh, hilarious. <laughs> so I'm in a Taylor Swift Facebook group because that's who I am as a person. We know. We, we oh, talked about, about it last week's episode. <laughs> it's called the Steeny Swifties. Um, and it's from like the morning toast. And so I was like, hey girls, just so you know, if you ever need to ask somebody to remove you from an email list, <laughs> here's what I did. And they were all like, that's amazing. Very so good. I thought that was pretty fun. I'm going to do that next time. I'm going to reply all hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that never makes anything worse. No, it doesn't. Amy, what um, you got? I... I'm so completely obsessed with this show I found on Netflix. Guys, buckle in. This. <laughs> buckle in. <laughs> As you said, Erica, it's like some Netflix executive was like, what would Amy May Randolph <laughs> really love to watch? Yeah. And they delivered it just for me in a little bow. The package is called Jailbirds. <laughs> you guys, you know I love Love After Lockup. <laughs> I had been known to watch that lockup show on MSNBC before. But Jailbirds is basically a real-life version of Orange is the New Black. Uh, so it follows these real incarcerated people, but they're as fucking wackadoo as the Orange is the New Black women. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a penitentiary in Sacramento, California. Uh, and the weird thing about it is it's, like it's in the city, so it's a skyrise jail. Oh, So it's eight floors, and every other floor is is co-ed not co-ed but like women on the first floor men on the second floor on okay. and on and on right so it mostly focuses on the women and like they've got crazy names like monster and um like princess and baby Jill. girl yeah oh. and then, yeah and then there's like Brienne. yeah um, and we've only met like a couple of the men so far i binged four episodes before i went to bed the other night stayed up way too late and, like, I had to come back out into the kitchen in the middle of the night and get, like, another glass of wine because, like, I could not take this shit sober. Um, and here's here's the most fascinating thing, though, is because I said they live in this sky rise, they have figured out how to talk to each other through their toilets to, like, connect with the opposite sex. It's crazy. So they take, like, oh, so gross. They take their little plastic cup from lunchtime and they cup by cup by cup empty out their toilets and then it's just a fucking empty pipe, and you knock on the bowl, and you find someone to talk to. And there are people that are, like, in love, that have never met before, but they they met on the bowl, as they say. It is, it, I, can't, I can't, I can't wait to go to bed tonight and to watch this. Like, I haven't seen the VPR re, uh, last reunion I yet. watched that last night. I, it took me until last night to finish my 90 Day Fiance, because I cannot stop watching Jailbirds. Jeez. I'm in. I am all fucking in on this. Meanwhile, I watched three episodes of Best Thing I Ever Ate on Food Network. I was like, this is fascinating. You make your own decisions, man, and I'll make mine. And And everyone's happy. I am obsessed with Jailbirds, you guys. I saw something on Facebook the other day that was just like, on somebody asked in a group, like, hey, why does everyone feel the need to hate on things all of the time? And be like, 
you know, and the, one of the questions was like, why does everyone have to hate on like Walt Disney World? And somebody was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's hating on Walt Disney World? Nobody hates Walt Disney World. Right? And it's like, why do we have to hate on people watching Game of Thrones or anything like that? Like, I don't watch your shows. You don't watch mine. But whenever this stuff comes up, I'm so happy for you that you're getting stuff that you absolutely love. By the way, shout out to our Game of Thrones fans. Yes. I mean, I, I've i watched some of the show. Not a major stand. Yeah. But- you know, when something ends, like I know how devastating it can uh, be, hurts. especially when it goes poorly. You know, I watched the end of Dexter, not over it. Watched the end of How I Met Your Mother, not okay. Right. So, you know, a lot of people were unhappy with how it ended. Some people think it's perfectly fitting. Wherever yeah. you are, congratulations on having made your eight season journey yes. and for having a thing that you totally loved. And yeah. I hope for you that you find your next soon so that hole gets filled in your heart. <laughs> Just. It's all about filling holes around here at Podcast Rewind, you guys. Well, that's a transition <laughs> if I ever heard one into <laughs> our topic. Nothing if not good for so, tonight. So, um, guys, you guys, known since our new format, we've always asked a question. There's something's floating around in our head that we need to know about last week. Where the fuck is Brittany? Other questions. Why do people think the earth is flat? But this week has been like, guys, I think we got to go there and get serious. There's a lot of questions we have right now. Yeah, and... You know, we're not typically political nope. too much here on Podcast Rewind. We like to have a good time. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to say in the beginning, like, we're not journalists. We're not doctors. It was. And, well, you were. But, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. We're this gonna is not a some, topic I would have ever dove into. Right. We're, we're not. We're going to give some facts and some information as we've learned it from our podcasts like we always do. But, um, you know, we may not get everything perfectly. But I, we are going to share opinions as informed um, women living in America right now. And, like, my big question is, what the actual fuck is going on? Right? And my question is, have I not been informed enough this entire time? Did I think I was actually doing right by reading the Huffington Post and, you know, other news things during my lunch break and thought I was good? I'm not. I, f- I missed a lot. I feel like that, too. I feel like I really slept on this issue I was awoken to it too late last week when Alabama passed a bill banning all abortion, um, including in cases of incest and rape, uh, including when the life of the mother is in... No, I think that there is an exception if the mother's life is in serious jeopardy. Yeah. Sounds like they're going to put some real hurdles in place, if this Mm -hmm. goes into law, um, to prove that, but... um, you know, this is definitely not the first state This is that's passed a bill like this. Um, it's been passed already in Georgia, Ohio, and then after Alabama in Missouri. Yeah. They all have a little bit of a different stipulation to them. Yes. None of them are laws yet, we should say. No. But it just really leads us to go, like, wait, what the, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I, I feel like I remember pretty clearly in January we were celebrating swearing in the most women ever into Congress. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there what, there was more diversity in Congress than ever before. And I guess, oops, bad on me, I kind of thought my rights were safe as yeah. a woman. Um, nope. Yeah. And when it comes to abortion, there's two lines. You're either pro-life, you don't believe in it at all, or you're pro-choice. And the confusing part about pro-choice that I've really learned a lot in the last week is that people don't understand it. It does not mean that I want to go out and get an abortion. It means I feel like what you do with your body is none of my business and vice versa. If I want to have abortion, that's my choosing. If I decide to go through with the pregnancy, also my choice. And a lot of times people think that pro-choice really means just pro-abortion. Yeah. And that's, I think, a really confusing part for people to understand, especially... And unfortunately, this is not to be rude at all. The 
white men who are putting this through, who really, it's not their body. They have a say if it's their partner, you know, if they're in a relationship with somebody. But for the most part, there just seems to be this confusion that people who are pro-choice are like pro-abortion. Are pro-abortion and driving you to Planned Parenthood to get it going. You know, that's and that's not true at all. You know, my personal stance on abortion has definitely evolved um, over the years as I learn things, as I meet people who yeah. have had experiences, as I have, you know, just gained wisdom. Yeah. The, the older I get, I'm able to see things from different perspectives and you know, I, I, I'll say I have not had an abortion. Same. I've been lucky to be in a position where I didn't have to make that critical choice yes. in my life. Um, but, you know, I will firmly stand and say that I support a woman's right to choose what is best for her body. Yeah. And if she has an unwanted or an, uh, a, a pregnancy that just doesn't work for health reasons, for whatever reasons it yeah. may be that are her own, I would 100% support your right to have an abortion, which is a right in the United States of America, thank you to Roe v. Wade, that was passed in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And now we are, like... How, how How is it that almost 50 years later we're actually questioning whether abortion should be legal in America? Yeah. I mean, I know that's a really um, a kind of dumb-sounding question to ask, yeah. but actually in, in my entire life I just never once considered that it would seriously be uh, on the table like it is. Yeah. It's just if we're going to overturn a law that's 50 years old, what other 50-year-old laws are we going to start to overturn? And it just, it scares everybody to think about the progress that the country was making and the quick backtrack and how it became clear that there were people in this country who were so deeply uncomfortable with progress Mm -hmm. that they needed to strip it as soon as they could get into power. Whereas, you know, um, especially with the Alabama bill, it's at that six weeks is when after that point, right? No, that's the Georgia bill. That's the Georgia the bill. Georgia has the Life Act, which Life is Act. after the, the fetus has a heartbeat, heartbeat. And, which is typically around six weeks that you um, abortion is banned. Again, it, ex- it does not include exceptions for rape or incest, but does for the life of the mother. Yeah, so... But if, in Alabama, bans all abortion outright, no matter yeah. what. So, you know, when you're thinking about that six-week mark that Georgia talks about, um, there's been so many great conversations about, like, this embryo is the size of a grain of rice Mm -hmm. and we are putting bills in place to protect it when many people have been asking for bills to be put in place to protect you know the elementary school kids who have somebody come to their school with a gun and sandy hook happens right Mm -hmm. how is that child lesser than than a of embryo the size of rice that has nothing yet you know migrant children at the border have heartbeats yep Um, there are a lot of children who are oppressed in America that guess what have heartbeats. So if that is the, you know, it's, it's just so ludicrous to say that that is the, the standing that makes you a human and therefore to be protected with a bill that is so, uh, potentially right stripping of, of the mother that, uh, you know, it matters in that circumstance. But as we just pointed out, all those other circumstances with children of, um, underprivileged people and children of migrants, nobody gives a shit about them. Well, yeah. a lot of people do, but the, these lawmakers uh, very clearly have demonstrated that they do not. Yeah. Um, Amy and I listened to a lot of podcasts this week, of course, one being the latest episode from Betch's Sub about the Alabama. Mm-hmm. And they had a great thing like, you know, should we be terrified of what's happening in Alabama? But they had on one of the girls, Sammy hosted, 
Mm-hmm. And um, the girl she was interviewing just had a lot of really great information about laws and how, you know, of course, a lot of these laws are too trick. The reason for them and the reason they're so strict is so they trickle up to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. and then could eventually overturn Roe versus Wade. But And so in my mind, what was happening in these cities, in these states, almost I thought it was immediate. But hearing that, like, it could take three to four years for these things to get to the Supreme Court. So much could change in four years. And that's why things like local elections matter so much. Right. And what can we do in that time? And this is the time to now that we're mad, stay mad. Yeah. You know, you and I were talking about like the hysteria that goes along with, with all of this. And my, my feeling is I, I remember the panic I felt in November, 2016 when, when Trump was elected and people around me saying, it's not that bad. Don't worry you know, everything's kind of going to be okay. And, and I've, I've seen, um, a lot of posts and I've also heard on podcasts, uh, people kind of reaffirming that that's why we felt that way because the, the current president is, you know, started this, I, I listened to, um, uh, Pod Save America this week and they talked about how, like, it's the, the religious conservatives that felt that, um, felt so encouraged by yes. that election that, you know, they've, they've been playing this long game for yeah. a long time. And now, um, I don't know, I'm getting twisted in my words. Like I'm actually starting to, I just get so emotional when I think and talk about this. But. Yeah, no, it's true. And when it comes back to like the, the Trump of it all, they talked about a lot on, um, Betch's sub, how he puts out a lot of very, very false and incorrect medical information. Mm-hmm. He talks about late-term abortion, that the day before a baby is born, they can rip it out of your body. And it's like, that's not abortion. That's childbirth. Well, Once the child has reached a certain weeks, it becomes childbirth when you're taking it out and trying to save its life. And Right. And he talks, too, about how the doctors and the nurses just decide whether to kill the baby or not. It's like, that's, that's literally n- not ever happened except for... A, you know, there may be circumstances where due to health reasons, you choose to whatever, but you don't just kill babies. That's emphasized. Like it's not. Yeah. So, so, and with that kind of conversation, he is taking what really does happen to women where, you know, they do have their baby and it's either stillborn or, you know, they knew that the baby wasn't going to have a viable life outside, you know, of the womb. So they let the mom and the baby kind of do that, like kangarooing or they just, you know, skin to skin, and the mom mm-hmm. stays with her baby while, you know, her baby passes on. And it's one of the worst things that can happen to a woman and to a mother. And Trump takes these words and twists them and he uses them for his game and to try to get what he wants and people connect to it. And then we've got people who have been reading WebMD too many times and think that they're a doctor now. They think they understand abortion and medical care and what happens to a woman. And then these are the people who are voting and saying like, yeah let's illegal, like make abortion illegal when they have little to no understanding of the truth behind it. Right. Again, I, I said earlier, I was listening to Pod Save America this week and they were talking to about that medical misinformation that's out there and how not only Trump, but 24, these 24 white men in Alabama mm-hmm. that pushed this bill through that went through last week. Um, a lot of them have these horribly medically incorrect quotes that have been yeah. out there in the media I was telling you last night that I, I read a post from an OBGYN on on Facebook that was it had been shared, so I sure. can't validate it. It's not somebody that I actually know. 
But, um, you know, one of the things that's been said incorrectly from an Alabama senator is that an ectopic pregnancy um, could be viable if you just reinsert it inside the uterus. That is not a thing. That is not you correct me because I was about to say something wrong. No, I was going to say for those who don't know, an ectopic pregnancy is when the egg never leaves a fallopian tube, but a sperm makes its way. Right. And for that to go any further would... It would be mm-hmm. catastrophic for the woman. The, yeah. The baby will never be viable no. inside the fallopian tube, and it could cause um, not only infertility for the woman, but, yeah. um, you know, life-critical situation. Yeah. Um, but this senator incorrectly said, oh, you can... Um, just pull that pregnancy out and insert it in the uterus, and so you don't have to abort that baby. And this um, this OBGYN, the surgeon who was making this post, said that he had a woman who several weeks earlier he had performed emergency surgery on um, because she had an ectopic pregnancy, and uh, of course they had to terminate it, but he also had to perform this surgery to save the patient's life. Yeah, She called his office in tears asking why they didn't, implant her baby into her uterus so she was led astray medically yeah and had false information and it's so horribly dangerous especially when they're using that misinformation as rhetoric you know the conservative media and the religious conservatives are are using full-on lies to get people to um feel this extra emotion to fuel um, the votes so that they can pass these laws, which really aren't, <laughs> whether they they do have this opinion, again, I, it, it's total fear-mongering. It's like, yeah. I don't go to my dentist and ask her to do my taxes. I most certainly <laughs> am not going to a government official and asking them, is this bone broken? Because they don't know. Mm-hmm. And so when they decide to start speaking of things like that, now there are people who maybe do have their... Went and got to be a doctor and a brain surgeon and thought that they could run for presidency. Mm-hmm. That guy. Yeah, that, that uh, one guy. That guy. Um, but for the most part, it just feels like in today's day and age, people are taking away the um, intelligence and the hard work of people who make things like the medical community their lives work. I'm right. some guy who's 45 that, you know, thinks that abortion is wrong to say you can implant an right. ectopic pregnancy into a uterus doesn't even understand how the female's bodies work immediately. And, and this is also, just to go back, like, Amy and I love reading BuzzFeed posts, and it's, sure. like, guys saying things like, well, can't you just hold your period in until you're on the toilet? Mm-hmm. Men in general are not understanding of a women's body. And, like, guys, we had to learn about yours in sixth grade when they put us in separate rooms, and here's what was going on for us. We took the time to understand how shit worked on your end. It just wouldn't hurt. There's, you know, other conservative congressmen that have said ridiculous things like legitimate rape, uh, and, you know, or that... Your body can... Like- a, a no, or versus a non-legitimate rape. Senators who have claimed that a woman's body has ways to shut down, to not allow unwanted sperm to impregnate them. Um, if that's the case, I would mentally stop my period every month. Exactly. <laughs> right? I don't want to do this. The senator that was so conservative, he didn't think women needed to have pap smears and suggested that they could swallow a camera in order to perform yes. a, uh, a, a pap smear. And I'm like... I. In what what world is this man so misinformed and has become a federal congressperson that he believes that anything I put in my mouth would ever wind up in my uterus? (laughs) It's just like, 
what is what you can just like watch their heads explode when you say like I have three holes and they're like what what <laughs> what in the actual fuck and that's the thing there is that's where there is this like is this a war on women what mm-hmm. is happening here that you are stripping us of so many fundamental rights and telling us that we are not as important as our male counterparts when the punishment for an abortion could be up to 99 years in prison. But if I was raped at gunpoint, that person would not have. Most likely Most their likely sentence their would sentence. not be. Yeah. As, uh, it's, it's, it's very clear, isn't it? That um, also, so it, and she's referring to the Alabama bill that, if somebody were convicted of having an abortion or performing an abortion, the max sentence could be 99 years in jail for the doctor and for the woman. And there's been a lot of noise made this week about I'm, I'm, if having an abortion after rape is a tougher sentence than the man who committed the rape. This is how we know it's a war on women. Yeah. They were talking a lot on Pod Save America about what a slippery slope it would be for women's rights if Roe v. Wade were overturned. And yeah. even went so far as to suggest, like, the suffrage movement could be looked at next. Yes. Um, uh, you know, a woman's right to vote, a woman's right to own property, a woman's right to do things without uh, permission of men is something that in 2019 we're, we're literally maybe calling into question. Yeah. And this is where you know that it's so extreme. We have people like Tommy Lauren, who is a very big MAGA conservative, saying things like, whoa, guys, this is too far. You have the head of, like, the evangelical church, Pat Robertson, I think is his last name. Mm -hmm. He's even like, guys, ooh, that's – what are you doing? And Trump himself is like, I'm not pro-life, but I'm also not pro-choice. I'm in the middle. What? Right. I think a lot of people are so deeply – also, so many things that I've seen on the internet, Amy, I'm sure you have, because every now and then you need a little bit of a joke. But how did we le- let Alabama, the state that ranks 50th, 50, uh, 50th in education, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make something and, like, potentially set a precedent? How did we let – We were sleeping, man. We were sleeping. So, so yes, it, it is really concerning. But at the same time, like we kind of mentioned before – We're right to be nearly hysterical about this, but at the same time, let's keep our heads truly level as we move forward. And so let's talk about how, let's calm our own hysteria, you know. As if we tried to tell yourself. So for instance, right now, um, only bills have been passed in in these states and the governors have signed them, but none of these bills have, have gone into effect as law yet. So let's be really clear, as po- most people hopefully know already, abortion continues to be legal in all 50 states yeah. at this time. We, we bring the Supreme Court into this conversation because if these laws do um, go into effect, the likelihood that there will be some sort of federal um, lawsuit that would make its way to the Supreme Court is yeah. therefore high. And so that's when we talk about like last summer with the Brett Kavanaugh hearings and how outraged women were that Brett Kavanaugh made it onto the court when we know how pro-life he is and that he's, uh, you know, a potential predator himself. And again, women were constantly told how hysterical they're all being and how, you know, whatever, we don't need to relitigate that. But the court, the way it is right now is leaning more conservative. So Justice John Roberts is 
sort of in the middle, but, you know, tends to be more conservative than he does progressive. So um, if, if, if these laws take effect, if a lawsuit therefore happens, if the Supreme Court chooses to hear it, um, it is possible that uh, they would uphold that law in Alabama and, and the other states and therefore basically overturning Roe v. Wade. But like I said, there are so many steps before that happens. So we need to kind of calm down our hysteria. There's a lot of steps that have to go into place. And I read on the HuffPost today that district attorneys in Alabama and Georgia were saying, like, I'm not going to press charges sure, they don't for a woman. I don't, they get to choose what they can press charges on. And they're like, we're, we don't agree with this. We weren't asked. You didn't ask statewide, should we do this and put it out to the people? And so as our district attorneys, we're going to fight this and we're not going to accept this. So when you hear that there's this craziness out there, it's good to be reminded that there's like level-headed people who also, you know, want to fight this with you. So, and then there's, there are elections coming up here at the end of 2019. And then again in 2020, and we'll have the opportunity to unseat some of these state and local senators um, that are pushing this bill forward and or governors. I was listening to hysteria today and they had the episode was titled so well, it was titled bitch. I care. Oh, so good. Um, and they were talking about, first of all, um, Erin Ryan was the host of the first part and her guest was Alyssa Mastro Monaco. What a great name, right? Yeah. But Alyssa let us know that actually since January, 2019, 30 bills have been introduced or passed with some sort of abortion restriction or write-out banning just in this year. But if you think about an estate, and they were talking about this on Bitches Sup as well in a previous episode I listened to about specifically the Georgia Life Act. You know, if you think about Georgia specifically, there was a very close election in November mm-hmm. for the governor's race. A black woman, Stacey Abrams, versus the motherfucker governor, David somebody that's in there now, who had been the lieutenant governor previous, and therefore over election processes, and was accused of a lot of voter tampering and voter uh, suppression. (sighs) But he became the governor after the election in Georgia, which he may or may not have stolen. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, But if Stacey Abrams had won that election, so like if there had been a bigger Democratic turnout and been able to overcome the suppression, and if Stacey Abrams were the governor, that bill would never have been passed. They wouldn't have bothered because they know she wouldn't have signed it. Exactly. So there is still time, you know, maybe not in the state of Georgia, but in these other states to take your local elections so seriously and realize that the lawmakers... Um, in your state are, are responsible and, and look, they could be passing these asinine um, bills that are, you know, have the potential to make national uh, precedents. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about the hysteria and we just talked about Game of Thrones earlier, you know, people can get enraged about things that they're passionate about. Uh-huh. And this week people, you know, were petitioning for the <laughs> yeah. ending of Game of Thrones to be rewritten. But then Chelsea Handler tweeted out and said, I know everyone is upset about the Starbucks cup and the water bottle in Game of Thrones, but they're taking away women's rights in Alabama. Hashtag seriously. Yeah. And if you want to have something to be passionate about, whether or not you're a female, and this is affecting, you know, females, mm-hmm. your mama is a female, you might have daughters one day. And this is 
Yeah, think about think about your sisters, your daughters, your friends. Yeah. Um, who, you know, in Alabama, if this law goes into effect, may get raped and be forced to bear those babies. Yeah. On the Today Explained podcast, I listened to a bit of it, and the title was um, The Race to Ban Abortion. And the host actually got an interview with an Alabama senator who was asked the question straight up, if a woman is raped, do you really believe that she should have to bear and raise that child? And the governor said, well, that's two questions. Uh, yes to one and no to the other. I believe that she has to carry and bear that child, but she doesn't have to raise it. She could just give it up for <gasps> uh, adoption. That's Well, then who's going to pay the medical bills for those nine months? And like well, that, and that is just so... You know, to think how devastating that that is a that is as a statement to all parties involved. Yeah. Um. To to think that it's that easy as an emotionless transaction. Um, yes. That's disgusting to me. Oh, everything about this has been fairly disgusting. Right. One hundred percent. I mean, I don't have a pussy hat, but I guess I gotta go buy one now. I'll knit you one. Give me some. Will pink you yarn. finish it? Yeah, I finish a hat or two in my day. I'll make you one. Well, yeah, like Amy said, we need to stay engaged and to pay attention because the other these conservatives have been paying attention. You know what I thought was so interesting is that in Missouri they took a recess at three o'clock in the afternoon and we're like, you know what, we'll reconvene soon and we'll figure this out. And they those assholes came back at three a.m. in the morning and passed a bill in the middle of the night, literally in the middle of the night. We I learned that on Betches yeah. up. And Sammy made such a great point. She's fantastic, on, by the way. Yeah, on this week's episode about how, you know, the religious conservative uh, uh, don't don't rest. Mm-mm. And Democrats and progressives tend to have a problem with sitting back on their laurels a little bit. Yeah. I read a political cartoon of all things today that was uh, a person looking at the American flag, and it was like, me in 2015, yay, gay marriage is legal, good job, things are okay, things are good, and then me in 2019, what the actual fuck, what is happening? Uh, You know, like, some really great progressive things have happened in our country. I'll look at at gay marriage being legal in all 50 states now as something that was awesome for the progressive agenda yeah. and, and for humanity not let's not talk about agendas my bad for humanity that's yes. the right thing to do um that i went all right we're going in the right way we're cool and then trump became president and i was like all right okay okay no i gotta pay i gotta watch the news i gotta yeah i gotta i mean and look and i always vote i vote in the primaries i vote in all the elections but as i am i as perfectly informed as i should be i'm gonna raise my hand and be honest and say no i'm not yeah um and, you know, they were talking on, on Betches about how progressives kind of have a problem with sometimes just not resting. And these yeah. religious conservatives never rest. No. They're always out there. And so we've got to do the same. Those of us that feel opposite and are in, you know, progressive for What's human the rights. No rest for the weary. Exactly. You know, like, you got to be engaged all of the time. You've got to stay smart. You've got to look around. Um all of our votes count. Never, you know, she was, she had a great point about how they make you feel like your vote doesn't count. Yeah. You're just one person. Um, the, you know, call your senators. It feels like it doesn't matter, but you got to do something. Right? Yeah. You got to say, and it's really it. hard to call your senator sometimes. Super it's hard. It's confusing and it's scary. There's, I think, an app out there called ResistBot that will mm-hmm. help you craft something. And whether or not they'll like email it on your behalf or 
give you a script that's out there. And for the most part, you're generally leaving a voicemail. But, you know, there are ways to do it if you're not exactly sure how to go about it. Like I said, it's 2019. It can really be done on your behalf. Yeah, maybe we can post on, like, our Insta and our Twitter, like, um, there's a website where you can find your local senator's uh, phone numbers and also, like, ResistBot. I have ResistBot on my phone. You text a number and then um, those issues that are happening in your region they'll they'll send you yeah they kind of alert you and like hey this is going on do you want to send a note off yeah to like rubio and you're like yeah sure here's my info send so it's really cool but there's um like i said there's so much going on out there and recently busy phillips who well the consensus of the podcast here is that we're like meh on busy phillips on her like show and sometimes do a little bunch on instagram but sometimes this woman hits it out of the park yes and she started a hashtag called um, a whole like Twitter thing blew up and it was called hashtag you know me because it's important for people to understand. She basically mimicked what Alyssa Milano started with the Me Too movement at the end of 2016. And so her her original tweet um, goes, hold on, I've got it here. Essentially, she makes the statement, the true statement that one in four women in America have actually had an abortion. Yes. You may not know their stories, but she encouraged women to share their stories on Twitter with the hashtag, you know me. So Eric and I, you know, have both looked through these this week, and I've been moved by several of the stories that I've seen. And I think that we should kind of wrap up this talk with um, going through some of them. What do you think? Sure, go for it. All right. So here's one. Um... I was pregnant and didn't want to be. That's it for backstory. It's never anyone else's business. I gave very little thought to any option besides abortion. Pregnancy would derail me in my life. It wasn't traumatizing. I don't regret it. It was the best decision. Hashtag you know me. This one is, if you think you don't know anyone who has had an abortion, that's because no one you know has felt safe enough with you to share their truth with you. Hashtag you know me. I am the great-granddaughter of a woman that died from blood poisoning from a botched abortion in rural Kentucky, leaving behind two small children. We will not go back. Hashtag you know me. Um, There's another one here, too. The hashtag, the you know me hashtag contains a lot of deeply powerful testimonials, but it just kills me that every time something awful is happening, women have to air out their traumas to make you see us as people. Yep. Super powerful, right? Yeah. So on that yeah. note, stay informed, stay engaged. Yep. Sorry if there was any rambling in that. It's, it is an emotional issue. I hope it is for um, men as well as women. And um, I sure do hope this doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> so this week um, we've got some pop-ups for you. We're going to skip the podcast pulse and just, you know, end on a little bit more of a lighthearted note. Well, I'm going to talk about murder, so I don't know how lighthearted. That's a little more lighthearted, be, if I'm being honest. I love murder. You know me. I do. Jail and murder. Those are my those are my things. Did you want to go first, then? Sure. So, I haven't listened... You know, last week, I was so obsessed with To Live and Die in LA, that podcast. The week before, I had found that Dr. Phil podcast about Gypsy Rose. Yeah. But, you know, this week, like, I, I I wasn't really interested in, you know, going out and discovering brand new podcasts. Yeah. I just went back to some of my old favorite standby true crime shows. Nice. And I was really taken this week at, like, 
the titles that my old podcasts are coming up with for their uh-huh. episodes. Like I kind of, I don't know if they're like just trying to grab their piece of the listenership back or whatever. Yeah. But Listen, a title will save you. We got so much like love for last week's title if you seek Brittany. And I was like, yes. So let me like run down my three favorite titles for the week from shows I listened to. Martinis and Murder, episode 129 was titled Slain by a Stripper. <laughs> um, the First Degree podcast oh, yeah. that we both love, episode 37 this week is titled Two Sisters and a Psychopath. Nice. That was an excellent story, by the way. Oh, cool. And Not Another True Crime Podcast, which is also from Betches Media, um, is Jody Arias, a nice lady for being a crazy killer. <laughs> they win. And by the way, I will listen or watch anything oh, to do with Jody Arias' story. Like Gypsy Rose, Jody Arias, Ted Bundy, I'm in. Yes. So, yeah, those are all great stories, by the way. I could tell them here, but... I don't know. Maybe that's a little gauche for the conversation that we just had. (laughs) Well, then, to end this, I'm going to tell you guys about the podcast I listen to. And it is called The Cut. The Cut? The Cut. By New York Magazine. And um, if you follow them on Instagram, they are always doing really great stories. They did a story a year ago about Anna DuVernay, the New York City heiress who was, like, lying and, like, stealing money from people to stay at hotels. And she's, um... She's in jail, but yep. running an Instagram account. I think you should follow her. Oh, my God. Oh, she goes on Jailbirds. Right? Well, she's in um, Rikers, uh, which is a jail. Yeah, like, yeah. That's real federal prison. They're not fucking around at Rikers. They are not. But so today I listened to an episode called Call Your Mom. Oh, I love my mom. So cute. And it was all about just the relationship we have with our mothers via the phone. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, do you ever see that your mom is calling and you're kind of busy and you have to like ignore it. And it's just like the biggest pet. Yeah. Oh, I feel terrible. And, and my mom get, will call my ass out. And like they played so many voicemails. It's like, Hey Vicky, it's mom. I know you hate when I leave voicemails, but we're just calling to say, I love you. So, I mean, you can call me back. Cool. And it's just like moms leave like the guiltiest voicemails oh, that no. make you feel so bad. But on this episode, they just were sharing these women's stories of their relationship with their mother via the phone. This one girl talked about how when she got to college, her mom was calling her every day and she was trying to break out into adulthood Mm -hmm. and told her therapist that, like, I think my mom is holding me back from adulthood by talking on the phone every day. He's like, well, then you have to tell her and, like, mitigate that. And her mother was like, this phone call is not for you. This phone call is for (laughs) for me. me. I will be calling you every day. And she, you know, got phone with her mom and then it became, like, every other day and just... She was like, now that I'm an adult, she's like, I look back and I was like, really? I, that's what I had to take away from my mother, like a, fu- a quick five-minute phone call. Mm-hmm. But so then they talked about, you know, with other women who have lost their mothers and how they miss those phone calls, all of that kind of stuff. But what really stuck out to me was the types of calls we have with our mothers. Mm-hmm. So we've got the daily check-in, mm-hmm. which I do every day at 530 with my mom on my drive home. Um, we have the emotional dump. When you call your mom and something's wrong and you cry at her for an hour or you do, and she moms the crap out of you, you've got the boredom call where like either you call and you just have nothing to say and drone on or she calls and she's telling you all about like, oh, and then in this Hallmark movie last night, did you see what this person did? And just that like hour talk where she asks you, are you doing your laundry? It's just like nothing but everything at the same time. Um, The I need help phone call, Uh, you know, mom, I messed up. 
And then the gossip phone call, which is my favorite phone call with my mother. Good calls. Yes. So it was just so touching and so sweet. And they just really talked about how, like, growing up, we are a part of our mother's everyday lives. And they don't want to let us go. Like, we're their daughters. And so when you have that, like, daily check-in with your mom and you have a routine, you have expressed to your mother that, like, I want you really part of my life and our phone calls are a part of my everyday being and vice versa. It was just so sweet. Listen to the podcast, which is like one tissue, not multiple, just one. Cause it was just really sweet. And I just loved it. And I thought it was so cute. Do you think they released that for like mother's day last week? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. How sweet. Yeah. But it was really good. And like I said, the cut has just got some really cool stuff and they're all like, you know, um, journalists from New York magazine. And so it must be nice to just be free with your journalism kind of stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> after covering major topics, like what if we just did a podcast about calling your mom? Like everyone should just, everyone needs a mom hug, call your mom. Absolutely. All of that stuff never hurts. Right. Yeah. Oh, I want to call my mom right now. Right. Love her. Well, she's asleep. It's, are you kidding? Oh yeah. It's late for mom. <laughs> She'll my mom's up for another two and a half hours. You can call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Um, thanks for bearing with us this week. Thanks for letting us get some things out. And I hope you learned something. I hope you feel a certain kind of way. Yeah. And however you feel, leave us a five-star review. <laughs> Check us out on Instagram this week. We're going to try to bring you as much information as possible, how you can get involved, what you can do to stay informed. And guys, just no matter what, like just drink. That's kind of what we've all been doing for the last couple of years. So, but as always, the most important thing to do this week is to stay kind. Wait, wait, what do I do? I don't know. Um, our tagline is to be kind and rewind. Bye. We'll try this again next week. Bye y'all. Sorry.